This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. We live in a world that is changing, and yet it's not. Remember, Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun, (laughs) and there really isn't. This has always been a hostile place when it comes to how the world views our Lord and the truth. I was speaking to my mother after the service on Wednesday or on Sunday night. I, uh, after that service, uh, we chatted. She had the opportunity to watch it. And uh, you'll, you remember, it was just a great service here. I love the story that Pastor Brown told uh, with the children up here. But my mom made an interesting statement. My mother said it brought me to tears because it reminded me how much our country has changed. Can you imagine astronauts today, United States, orbiting any planet and quoting scripture back to Earth? I would love to think that could still happen. I don't, I don't know. So there are definitely changes happening, but... Uh, again, there has always been opposition to the Lord. Uh, Renee and I have some dear friends who are missionaries in southern India, and we still get their prayer letters. Uh, I have been over there with them uh, on two different occasions, have taught in their Bible college, and, uh, and he was just sharing in a prayer letter today that they have been trying to plant another church up in uh, Orissa, which is a a place in their country that is very hostile to the gospel. Uh, And that there's a congregation up there. uh, I should say they're trying to build a church building. There is a church that's been planted. Uh, But here are some Indian uh, believers. Uh, He was trained here in the the United States, and and they've been serving. They're both Indian. They're serving over there now and been there for years. Uh, But even within their own country, they're in a place where there is not open opposition. They're in a Christian state, Kerala. But up in uh, Orissa, it's it's openly hostile to Christianity. And that's the world we live in, and that's the world that John Bunyan lived in. And as he uh, takes us through Pilgrim's Progress, as he was sitting in prison yet again, writing uh, this work. Uh, And I I was thinking today, how many Christmases he spent in jail for believing what you and I believe, being true to the Lord. Uh, But he uh, shows us through allegory what a Christian's life is like and and. It's precious the way Pilgrim's Progress closes because you have the martyrdom of one saint, faithful. We're going to see that tonight. And then God chooses uh, in Bunyan's mind, uh, and of course a personal testimony about himself. Bunyan knew people that had been put to death for their faith. At the same time, Bunyan uh, got to die from natural causes, was released from prison. And, and so Bunyan is very aware. He, he is aware of what's happening in Europe, what had happened with the Spanish Inquisition, what had happened in England. 
And so as we measure the pilgrim's progress, he takes us through this challenge of open persecution and martyrdom through the life of this uh, character uh, by the name of Faithful. So in Pilgrim's Progress, we find Christian and his believing friend Faithful in prison in the town Vanity, where they had been arrested for the simple reason that the townspeople hated the fact they were different and wouldn't participate in their evil deeds. Now, is that something that is so uncommon? It's not. How do we know that? Well, Paul talks about it. You're in Ephesians 5. Would you look, please, uh, at verses 6 and 7? Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. The temptation would be to go along to get along. And oh, by the way, we still have flesh that craves some of that too. And so the Holy Spirit warns us about that, doesn't he? Yet when we do uh, not partake, we are at risk for what Peter speaks of in 1 Peter 4.4, where he says, wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riot. What is your problem? Who do you think you are? That's what Peter's talking about. And then he says this, they think you're strange, but then he goes on to say, speaking evil of you. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and that's not so strange for no doubt several here because you say it sounds like my workplace. Uh, it sounds like family gatherings at holiday time. By the way, we need to pray for each other in that regard too. So hate, in the case of Christian and faithful, had turned to violence, and now God's servants await the outcome. That's where we ended last time. Then, a convenient time being appointed, they were brought forth to their trial. They found themselves before a judge whose name was, and I love these names that Bunyan gives, this judge's name was Hate Good. <laughs> hate Good. Now, just as a note, historians believe that Bunyan may have had in mind a degenerate judge in his day by the name of George Jeffries. And here is a sketch going back to that time. There's somebody, you can see this character. He was appointed Lord Chief Justice in England in 1677 at the age of 33. As a servant of the state and pawn of the Church of England, he was a foul being who had no mercy for dissenters and nonconformists, those who wouldn't go along with the Church of England, uh, guys like John Bunyan. It was said of him that he possessed, quote, a certain barbarous joy and pleasure which grinned from his brutal soul through his bloody eyes and a fiendish Exaltation in the way he pronounced sentence, end quote. 
And so perhaps Bunyan is thinking of this guy when he writes The Pilgrim's Progress. The judge read the charges against these two men as follows. Quote, being enemies to and disturbers of the trade. Let me just pause. What's the trade? It's worldliness. That's what Bunyan and other preachers were speaking out against. Loving the world and the things of the, that are in the world. The things that God forbids. So they were being accused of being uh, disturbers of the trade having made commotions and divisions in the town and had won a party uh, to their own dangerous opinions. In other words, the Lord got through to some souls. In contempt of the law of the town's prince. Then Faithful began to answer that he had only set himself against that which had set itself against his Lord, who is higher than the highest. As for the disturbance, Faithful said, I made none. Being myself a man of peace, those who were one to us were one by beholding our truth and innocence. And they are only turned from the worse to the better. And as to the king who governs this city, since he is Beelzebub, the enemy of our Lord, I defy him and all his angels. Again, I want to pause here. This was the way nonconformists responded to the error of the church and those who, who tried to say that they were, they were troublemakers and, 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 and so on. These men were bold in their faith. It takes my mind to those early chapters in Acts that we've been studying. Uh, the apostles... They're not mean and nasty, but they don't mince words. They let everybody know exactly where they stand. And by the way, Christians, genuine Christians, following the word of God in our day, I think it is an appropriate term to say we also are nonconformists. Now, we're going to have to not conform in some ways that Bunyan and those guys... Never thought of. What do you mean you're redefining marriage and, and you're, you're, you're coming up with new genders and, and whatever, whatever. No, we won't conform to the thinking of our age because of what Scripture says. We're nonconformists too. Now at this point, three witnesses were brought forth to speak against faithful. Here they are, envy, superstition, and flatterer. And again, this is an old sketch. Uh, those years ago that, that saw what Bunyan was writing and they, they took, took to try to portray these characters. By the way, Flatterer, Bunyan called him, this is the old English name, Pick Thank. All right? You'll have to look it up, but that's what, that's what it means today is Flatterer. Now, these were sworn in by the judge, and thus they gave their statements. Said envy, my Lord, this man, despite his name, is one of the vilest men in our country. He neither regardeth prince nor people, law nor custom, 
but doeth all that he can to put in all men certain disloyal notions, which, is generally, which he generally calls principles of faith and holiness. And in particular, I heard him once affirm that Christianity and the customs of our town of vanity were diametrically opposite and could not be reconciled. By which saying, he doth at once condemn all our laudable doings. Let me just pause. You do realize that if you dare to declare the word of God, you do condemn others. Oh, is that what we're, we're just trying to make people feel lousy about themselves? No, no, no. The, before there can be good news, there's, the people have to believe the bad news. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is? Are you sure about that? Because the world says, no, that's not the way it is. This is the way to life in a good time. It can't be both, folks. When lust conceives, it brings forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. Sin is deadly. But those who are willing to declare that, they're the rabble-rousers, they're the troublemakers. Then they call superstition and bid him look upon the prisoner. Now, why would Bunyan say superstition? There's a very simple reason. If your religion takes you outside of the boundaries of Scripture and you believe in tradition and these other things apart from the Word of God, let's just be honest, what is that? It's man-made. It's made up. And if it's made up, what is it? It's superstition. False religion is superstition. Jesus plus anything, it's made up, it's superstition. It's vain reasoning. And these nonconformists said, look, that teaching sends souls to hell. We've got to declare it to be the superstition that it is. So what did superstition say? My Lord, I have no great acquaintance with this man, nor do I desire to have further knowledge of him. However, this I know, he is a very pestilent fellow. From some discourse that I had with him the other day, I heard him say that our religion was worthless and such by which a man could by no means please God. Your lordship knows this means we worship in vain, are yet in our sins, and finally shall be damned. Well, if what faithful and Christian were saying from the word of God is true, and it is, it's true. Worship in vain, the wrong God, wrong Savior, and where does that land you in eternity? Yeah, eternal judgment. So superstition. And again, in my mind, I wonder how many of these things had 
had Bunyan actually heard said to him about what he believed in England. Then was Flatterer brought forth, and he gave testimony against the prisoner before the bar. Flatterer said, My Lord, and all who are gathered, I have known this fellow a long time. Now let me just stop. No, you hadn't. He, they, these guys had just gotten to town. Okay. I've known him a long time, and he has railed on our noble prince Beelzebub and has spoken contemptibly of his honorable friends, Beelzebub's friends, whose names are Lord Old Man, the Lord Carnal Delight, the Lord Luxurious, and the Lord Vain Glory. He has said, moreover, that none of these men should be allowed to stay in this town. He has also called you, my Lord, an ungodly villain. Is Satan an ungodly villain? Yeah. I personally believe the greatest shout that has ever gone up from heaven is when the Lord stuffs that rascal into the lake of fire. We will shout triumphantly. And so these three speak. After this testimony, the judge directed his speech to the prisoner at the bar, the prisoners at the bar, saying, You heretic and traitor, hast thou heard what these honest gentlemen have witnessed against thee? When I was studying for this, my mind went to what was being said to Jesus as he stood before Pilate in the Sanhedrin. And it sounds very, very similar. To this, Faithful responded, May I speak a few words in my own defense? The judge responded, You deserve to live no longer, but that all men may see my gentleness towards thee. Let us hear what you have to say. Faithful said, To what Mr. Envy has spoken, I have only said that the laws and customs of this people which are against the word of God, are against true Christianity. If I have spoken against the scriptures, then show me my error, and I will recant. As far as true worship to God, whatever is put in worship that is contrary to divine revelation is not profitable to eternal life. As far as the king of this town and his attendees, or his attendants, which have been named, they are more fit for hell than this town and country. And so God have mercy upon me. It doesn't sound like he's a man trying to wiggle his way out of a problem. And again, it takes my mind back to the Reformation where Luther stood before the Diet of Worms and he said, here's what I've said and here's the scripture. Show me where I've gone against the scripture and I will recant. And of course, they had nothing to say because he hadn't spoken anything against the scriptures, just the church. And we have the testimony, if you read Fox's Book of Martyrs and other other works from church history, Uh, you have the testimony of those who even 
uh, standing on burning embers at a stake, declared their, their faithfulness to God and tried to instruct those who were watching against the errors of the religion of their day. So after the judge and his cruel jury convened, Faithful was condemned to be burned to ashes at the stake. Thus came Faithful to his end. The Scottish preacher Alexander White reminds us, the hatred that the Son of God met with when he was in this world is one of the most hateful pages in this hateful world's hateful history. He knew his own heart towards his enemies and thus he was able to say to the searcher of hearts with his dying breath, they hated me without a cause. Truly man's hatred is and again, this is, this is what Alexander White said. Truly, man's hatred is hottest when it is most unjust. Hebrews 12.3 reminds us to consider him that endured such contradiction. That word means hostility. Contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind. Now, keep in mind, when Jesus suffered, they railed on him. They falsely accused him. In fact, Pilate said, don't you hear the things they're saying against you? And what did the Lord say? He just kept quiet. But when Pilate spoke to our Lord and Pilate asked searching questions because in his own heart, God was working. When he asked searching questions that would have ministered to the heart of Pilate, what does the Lord do? He answers. And by the way, that's the reason that, P that Peter, oh, sorry, Pilate continued to look for a way to let Jesus go. I don't find any fault in him. We need to understand that were made in the image of God. And so persecutors, and I hope we don't face open persecution, but we need to be prepared for it. We need to understand that those made in God's image who are resisting God will seek to establish their own righteousness and justify themselves. And we should never be surprised when the world then calls their evil good and our good evil. Your voice for truth will be hate speech, discrimination, unloving. Have you heard any of that? That's what's out there. And what are they doing? They're trying to turn it around. They're under conviction. They're trying to turn it. Not all of them. Some of them, their consciences are seared. There's nothing left there. Uh, but with many of them, they know down deep what is right, and they're trying to turn it and, and put us where they're at. And so how does this section in the Pilgrim's Progress come to a close? Bunyan says, now I saw in my dream that there came from behind the multitude a chariot 
and horses waiting for faithful who upon his death at the stake was taken up and carried through the clouds with sound of trumpet directly to the celestial city. Question, when you die, should you expect a chariot ride? No, okay, that's not the pointer. Don't get distracted. That's this allegory. Bunyan's telling a story. However, do you ever remember in the scripture where the Lord did send a chariot of fire to promote, to escort someone? Who was it? It was Elijah. Did it really happen? Yes. Now, if the Lord can cause horses and a chariot on fire to pick up a prophet and get him to heaven, is it possible, just possible, that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord? Yes or no? That's the point. In fact, when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death and we looked at that a few weeks ago, what does the Lord say? Psalm 23, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. And when the beggar who sat outside of the rich man's gate, when he died, he was taken. I think every one of us, when our body quits here, we don't die. We just step into the presence of the Lord. But I believe there's an angelic escort. And we walk right into the celestial city. That's what Bunyan wants us to see that happened with faithful. Now as for Christian, he was taken back to prison where he remained for a space of time. But he, the Lord, who overrules all things, having the power of their rage in his own hand, so caused Christian to escape that place, and he went his way. And as we're coming to the end of this, we'll follow Christian as he completes his journey and then enters the celestial city. But what does this last uh, part tell us. Uh, Bunyan is light on detail here and on purpose. But he wants to encourage us with this fact. The Lord of heaven controls how we get there. So you'll remember before Jesus went to the cross, uh, he and the disciples are talking and Peter says, Lord, I'm willing to follow you even to death. And the Lord turns to Peter, and it's one of those times, I don't think any of the disciples ever forgot it. He said, be careful, and I'm paraphrasing now, uh, you're going to suffer like I am. Then Peter realizes what the Lord is saying. By the way, Peter was crucified too, only upside down. That's what church history tells us. But Peter, understanding what the Lord is saying, turns to John, says, well, what about him? And Jesus says, if I decide that he's going to live until I return again, what is that to thee? Here's what you need to remember, Peter. Follow thou me. So as Christians in a very hostile world that hates God, I'm glad the Lord hasn't told me how I'm getting to heaven. But there are places all over this world, and it could come to America, where as Christians we're really wondering, 
Is it going to be through a martyrdom, persecution? Or is my Lord going to decide just natural causes? But we all need to remember that they that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer what? Persecution. If you're going to live for the Lord, there's going to be persecution. But we don't need to fear because he is always with us. And whatever his plan for us is, he is there and he's going to sustain us until he is done with us. And so Christian will escape. There was a time in Peter's life where Herod was planning to kill him. James had already been put to death. We studied this recently, or we're going to study it. It's, it's the next thing in the Acts series. But Peter is all worked up. Yeah, I'm going to die tomorrow. No, he's fast asleep between some soldiers. An angel lets himself into the prison. Uh, if there is such a thing as angel dust, whatever kept those guys sleeping on either side of Peter, it worked. He unchains Peter. Peter walks out of the prison and the angel is gone. Did that really happen? Is God able to protect you wherever you're, you being in his will, wherever that leads you? Is he able to protect? Yes or no? Absolutely. And so with Christian, we see this same testimony. And he is on his way. And we'll wrap it up by seeing what happens at the end of his journey. And then we'll be able to rejoice in our hearts as he enters the celestial city. Are you looking forward to that? Stay faithful on the narrow way right now. Just trust the Lord. He will guide. He will keep. Let's stand together. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for this wonderful testimony from a believer, a preacher in prison, but yielded to you. And Lord Pilgrim's progress is not inspired, but this man knew inspired scripture. He was able to apply it to the Pilgrim's progress journey. Lord, help us to walk in the light of your word, encouraged by your promises and help us to be faithful even when opposition and persecution come. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God, or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.